This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 121. Well, boys, it turned out to be a pretty darn good weekend for the Gophers. A a 4-2 victory Friday night and a nice comeback 2-1 victory Saturday night. Uh, Kind of what the doctor ordered, huh, Hammy? We're coming. We're coming. No. Yeah, I mean, it was a good good weekend. I thought uh, it was Probably the best overall weekend of the year, I think, uh, in terms of consistency throughout uh, both games and, uh, uh, you know, guys putting in the effort and seeing good goaltending, you know, for the most part. And just, you know, obviously offensive and defensively, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. And um, I know Harvard hasn't played many games this year, so you don't want to go too far with the praise because that could be a little bit of it. But um, overall, considering you know, some of the hype that Harvard had coming into the season. Uh, you can't complain too much about two wins. Well, let's start with uh, Friday night there, yeah, Viggs. Uh, 4-2 victory for the Gophers. They get it 4 to nothing real quick. And then uh, in the third period, uh, Harvard does make it a little bit interesting with a couple goals, but uh, it wasn't like another Michigan game. Minnesota actually finished out this game, and uh, it was it was it was a good game Friday night. Yeah, I think the big key on Friday night was that even when they took the penalties in the third period, the penalty kill came through. And I think we're starting to see that they're getting some consistency with their with their play, especially led by Ramsey and Romanco. They're just doing a great job blocking shots, getting clears, uh, you know, keeping the teams tight on the kill, which is huge for them. Um, on Saturday, they didn't have to do that, which is good on the discipline end, but it was nice to see the kill come through when they needed it. Yeah, after that horrible start with the kill this year, I mean, uh, what if they've given up maybe one power play goal in the last week or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean week. I mean, yeah, they've been pretty a lot, lot of games, I should say. Yeah, it's one week there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just I'm zoned out a little bit. Well, have you already been drinking the well? The wine, I want to say, may, yeah, I may do that. Um, uh, well, I'm thinking maybe the, was it the last seven or eight games? Quite a few of the last series, they've only given up. I want to say one power play goal, and looks like out of the six chances this weekend, they were 100. percent So, um, it was a it was a good weekend for special teams, Hammy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that it's kind of what we talked about earlier in the year about guys kind of getting used to their their roles, um, kind of finding a comfort zone with the, the different power play units. Um, you know, cause last year we did have some guys that played a lot of minutes that are no longer on the team, you know? So it's, it's, it's nice to see these guys kind of acclimating to their roles and, uh, kind of pulling together as a unit and showing some success. Well, one thing though, I would say Viggs is that, uh, they still have a little ways to go in the power play. <laughs> well, more yeah, than a little ways, <laughs> especially in that second, that second unit, they're really trying to find the right personnel to use there. I think the one bright spot is Don Lucci is starting to settle on a first unit. You know, he's got Pitlick and Middlestat who have shown a lot of chemistry, trading places, controlling the puck, winning one-on-one battles down low. I think Tyler Shee's found his spot back on that off wing uh, in the circle, kind of around the net. Uh, Steve Johnson's done a nice job at the point, and Brett Gates has kind of emerged as a guy in the middle who can put the puck on net and create some havoc around the goalie. Well, that's that's definitely a good thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, after how how much they've struggled, uh, anything to do better is, is going to be good. Um, and like I said, you can only do so much with the penalty kill. You can just kind of keep killing, keep killing, and, and your your numbers are going to get up there. And like you said, that second unit in the power play needs to get better. But uh, that's all we can hope for. And, and and when the team's winning, it those issues are not so bad. It's later in the year when you. Boy, you could really use a power play goal and, and the like. Where, um, and that's when you really need it, I guess. 
Well, I think the one thing with that second unit is you got to find a way for Tommy Novak to make an impact on the game. He's probably their best passer, one of their best vision playmaker guys on, on the roster, and they just need to find a way to make him effective on that unit. They've been putting him a little bit on his strong side, which has made it difficult for him to, to be a threat, uh, but they've got to find a way to complement his ability and plug in other pieces for him. Well, I must say that the the best thing I would say coming from out of this weekend is uh, you know we believe that Harvard will be a, a pretty darn good team by the end of the year and and beating one of the top teams in the ECAC is going to be great for the pairwise Vigs. Yeah, definitely. They're they're looking like they're in great pairwise shape. They've done such a good job out of conference. Really, the only problem has been the NCHC when they lost to Duluth and then split with North Dakota. But otherwise, they're going to be great when it comes to comparisons across the country. Uh, so that's one of those benefits of the schedule that Don Lucia puts together is that you know they have the opportunity to win all these comparisons if they do well in their out of conference games out east. Yeah, well, it's it's a, we have found in the past that you know winning or and losing even early in the year like it is now can affect you at the end of the season. I'll, I'll never forget one season. Um, I don't know, about 10 years ago now or something along those lines. Minnesota didn't win because uh, – or didn't couldn't get into the NCAAs because of a, a, a tie or a loss in an overtime um, about a month or two before that to Michigan Tech, at Michigan Tech. So these games are important. You know, everyone says, who's early in the year. But it does add up at the end of the season, folks, and it could matter in your pairwise. So – I think this is a, this is, these were huge wins this weekend, and, and you know, looking Friday night was a good victory, but uh, Saturday night, excuse me, Saturday night was, was a much different thing there, Hammy. It was Minnesota put on a lot of shots, a lot of pressure. Uh, Harvard's goalie Madsen was excellent, but finally, in the end, Minnesota did get that late tying goal and did win in overtime, and it was a pretty exciting, fun game. Yeah, I mean, I thought, uh, you know, for all the flack that we've heard about crowd and whatever, I mean, I thought it was a pretty energetic crowd, all things considered. Uh, Maybe not a a North Dakota or Wisconsin type of crowd, but nonetheless, considering it's Harvard, I thought it was pretty good. And um, they actually played very, very well um, throughout the entire game. And uh, obviously, when you have such a large shot disparity, it's not just about you know, it's not like a Penn State shot disparity where you're just throwing everything. I mean, they had some good chances, you know, and um, to be able to kind of come through with Pitlick uh, kind of later in the game and then to win it in overtime. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, you know, hopefully it'll spur the guys on, you know, as the, we get these final weeks of the first half um, and they'll have some success, especially against a good team in Notre Dame coming up. And speaking of the crowd, Viggs, um Obviously, it wasn't a full crowd, but it was the largest crowd that they had on the season. Um, they sold, you know, over eighty eight hundred tickets to that game, or distributed whatever their little term is. Um, uh, and you even mentioned that in your article that uh, it, that even the players thought it was a pretty good crowd. Yeah, and I think it was entertaining hockey. You know, Gophers against the Crimson, both teams like to play up and down styles, and the Gophers were playing great. You know, they're they're retrievals were good their first passes were good they could speed through the neutral zone and it gave the crowd something to cheer about and the biggest crowd of the year so based on our ticket scanning data in the past probably mid 6,000 actual attendance yeah is what yeah. i'm thinking but it was loud crowd and the players noticed it uh pitlick said it was the best crowd uh next to the north dakota one last season and uh middlestat said it was today that it was one of the best crowds he's played in front of so I think the, the players notice that when they, you know, get more fans in the building and they're loud and energetic. And I think, you know, with the season ticket sales down a little bit and then the Black Friday promotions that they're running where they're selling tickets at 40% off, and offering standing room tickets for $15, maybe there was some new energy in the building. And um, you could definitely feel it when they got those two goals in the third and overtime. It, it was big, you know, and one thing I, I really liked about that Pitlick tying goal is he really celebrated. He was really happy. And another big thing I noticed was Middlestad jumping up and down in his excitement. I think it's nice to see excitement in these players. I mean, we, we've had so many instances of players in the last few years and they score a goal and they barely celebrate them. I kind of like the enthusiasm I saw Saturday Night Vigs. 
Yeah, I would say what you will about some of these guys. You know, Rem Pitlick grew up Gopher fan. You know, with his dad Lance Pitlick uh, playing for the Maroon and Gold, he's wanted to be a Gopher, and now he's he's doing it, and he's doing a great job. He's probably their most consistent player. And then a guy like Casey Middlestad, uh, it was his birthday today, and uh, his mom <laughs> tweeted out a picture of him, probably four or five years old, in a Gopher jersey. And Casey said today, he's like. I've always wanted to be here. Uh, it's a dream come true. It means a lot to me. And you can tell, you know, these players want to do well wearing the M and, and they're delivering. Those two are fun to watch. And, and you know what that means, people? It means go buy tickets. Show up for the games. You know, if you have tickets, show up. I mean, a lot of we're finding a lot of these tickets aren't being used. Get to the game. Um, I'm going in roof mode Saturday against Wisconsin. I bought two tickets for that series because I want to kick back and relax and have some fun myself and support the team. So um, quit not using your tickets, folks. We know there's about 2,000 of you or more each night not using your tickets. Use them. Quit bitching about the team. Quit bitching about the Big Ten. Um, support the team. You know, they, they, you know, when they feel you supporting, they play even better. So get out there and go to the games, folks. All right, getting off my pulpit there. Just getting sick of everyone complaining. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, if you have any questions for us, just get, hop on Twitter and use the hashtag GPL podcast. We'll take a look. And if we want to talk about it, we will. And, and of course, Nate always comes through strong with us, Nate Wells. Um, Hammy, he wants to know what's the best Thanksgiving side dish or what is your best Thanksgiving side dish? Uh, so like what's my favorite? Is what's your thing? favorite side don't, dish? I don't make them, you know. Well, yeah. So. What's your favorite to um, eat? Boy, that's a tough one. I mean, because for me, I kind of always have favored mixing turkey <laughs> with uh, cranberries. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think turkey is sort of like a, the main dish, right? But I, I always like to mix the cranberries with that. But, I mean, I don't know that I have a favorite because to me it's like everything mixed together. I could pile that crap together and just, like, eat it like it's one thing. <laughs> so if you put, like, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing – um, and cranberries together, uh, and, and just like mashed it all together. I could like wolf that all day long. I'd say for me, you know, a, a, a nice stuffing, not the stovetop stuff, but the real good stuff. Um, and maybe just, it seems like mashed potatoes just taste better on Thanksgiving as well. So, uh, I'll go with stuffing and potatoes, uh, Viggs, uh, what's your favorite side dish? It's definitely stuffing. I need a, a <laughs> stuffing that's got like some sort of, you know, Pork sausage. Yeah, there you there. go. Pork sausage. Yes. And I, I need some. I need some onions in there. Um, I, I like a little bacon in there sometimes. Uh, you know, all kinds of good stuff in there. Stuffing's the key for me for a side dish. Oh, the yeah. one thing I'm coming around on is Brussels sprouts. Oh, you uh, just roasted with bacon. Okay. Like olive oil, balsamic vinegar, bacon, Brussels. Awesome. Yeah, it's only good because there's bacon there. <laughs> the brussels roasted it's it's my new thing uh the probably one of the best examples out there is butcher and the boar makes a brussels sprouts with uh kind of like a hot oil mm-hmm. so good and they have good bourbon there too oh nothing wrong with good bourbon these days you got me onto that thanks Viggs. you're welcome yeah it was it was a good time last friday night tweeting as i'm drinking uh definitely entertaining um <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. Um, well, what else you guys got? You guys got any other thoughts on this weekend? I mean, you know, like I said, it was a good weekend, but uh, anything that really stuck out for you, Hammy? Uh, no, I mean, I think it was just, like I said earlier, a little bit of it. It was just the, the consistency, uh, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the other thing is we've seen games like Saturday night where we're vastly outplaying the other team, and and you see the guys get frustrated and, you know, somehow it just at the end of the day doesn't work out for them because either because they get frustrated or for various other reasons. And um, I was real happy to see the, the players kind of just really keep the foot on the pedal and keep working and, um, you know, and to see them rewarded with the tying goal and to, you know, break through and win it in overtime. I, I think that that's really important. Uh, and that certainly, you know, every season is different, but I mean, and it's not like these guys forget things, but it's always nice to have the reminder of, um, you know, having had to come back from a deficit and, and kind of dealing with some of those frustrating 
circumstances and still coming out on top. So hopefully this is something that they can use to their benefit, uh, you know, as the season uh, progresses. One of our Mixler listeners, Tony, says uh, he really likes that Middlestead goal on Friday night. Um, that was a pretty sweet goal, Viggs. Yeah, and you know that he was changing the angle, going nutmeg on the defenseman and picking the corner on purpose. When he, <laughs> when he shoots the puck, he's picking out a spot. He may not say that he did that, but you know he is. He's got that kind of talent, and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the biggest thing for me coming out of that weekend was the consistency. I I don't think they gave up hardly any odd man rushes the whole weekend. I don't think they had one on Saturday. And that's just speaking to making good decisions with the puck. And that's something they're going to need to do this weekend. You know, they're going to be playing a very different kind of team this weekend. But when you have a team that manages the puck well at the blue lines and gets out of their zone clean, you know, that's a real good sign for the future. Well, things are definitely going to ramp up this next weekend uh, for Notre Dame on the road. But before we get to that, we need to listen to our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, to the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on Twitter at vintagemnhockey. Well, earlier today we had a question from a one Pat Micheletti, and he wants to know, guys, what's the best hockey conference in college hockey with the best conference in college hockey, I should say. And when will we have Frank Wazako on as a guest? <laughs> well, we'll get to the Frank thing in a second. But uh, uh, personally, I think the HCNC, whatever, is uh, is the best conference right now. Obviously, they've got top the top three teams. Um, Hammy, can, can we really say that that's not the best conference right now? They, they've also got the last two national champions as well. Well, I mean, I guess I tend to throw out past seasons because we know that that kind of ebbs and flows. Um, it does. So but I don't really still. Yeah, I don't really focus on that. I focus on present tense, and um, certainly you can't argue from a the top end perspective. You know, they've been the best thus far uh, with you know Denver and North Dakota, St. Cloud. Um, so they've been obviously very successful. You can't really argue with with that. Um, you know, I, I guess it's kind of something that just plays out as the season progresses. I know that we've, you know, gone through a decent chunk of uh, the non-conference play, but, um, you know, we'll just have to see. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, we've seen Notre Dame's playing well, the Gophers are playing well, um, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin have opportunities, Michigan. I mean, I, I do like the Big Ten, I think more from maybe a depth perspective because, um, you know, some of the teams that I see in the NCHC that beyond the top few, I don't know that I would say are as good as some of the Big Ten teams that, you know, after the top few. So um, I guess it's up for debate, but I would probably say it's one of those two conferences at this point. Viggs, who's the best conference? Well, I will say it's a lot closer than it was a year ago, but it's definitely between the NCHC and the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, Denver's probably the cream of the, the crop this year, but even they lost that series to Western Michigan. So, you know, they're not infallible either. Uh, these are college kids. Um, but the depth of the Big Ten is is definitely unique this year. I think some of their bottom teams are better than we thought they were going to be. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State are definitely better than I thought they were going to be at the start of the year. And Notre Dame and Minnesota are going to be teams right in it at the end. You know, the the one thing that I take away so far from the first third of the college hockey season is how good the West is. I mean, you look at the Big Ten, the NCHC, and the WCHA, could be 12 teams of the field. I mean, that's how well they're playing and how poorly the East is playing against them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to argue with it. I mean, there's. It, I mean, we could have a, we could potentially have a frozen floor in St. Paul with three Minnesota teams in it. I mean, it's it, it could easily happen with St. Cloud and how good Mankato's playing Minnesota, and you never know Duluth could sneak in there as well. So, um, yeah, you just hope that Manca- the committee Manca- does. Mankato's gonna go ahead, Tammy. Well, I was just saying that you just hope that the committee doesn't do something like put all eight Western teams in the West and Midwest. You know, you hope at the end of the year they, they put them out fairly in the brackets more according to their true seed and instead of trying to set up a regional way where, you know, you prevent that from happening. You were saying about Mankato there, Hammy? I was going to say that they're going to piss down their leg, but that I was just saying. I was basically saying that for Mote because I know that sometimes he listens and he likes to give crap to Mabs, what he calls Mab stink. So I know Ote Mote. Ote so Mote. I'm just, shit. I'm just talking shit for you, buddy. Um, Heath Warner wants to know why why is the Huskies so damn good? <laughs> why are the Huskies so good, uh, Viggs? Because they are an excellent team. They've got a lot of scoring. They are a get-up-and-down team, and they've got so much scoring depth that even when they have an off night, uh, they're able to score their way out of it. And that's something that not very many teams can do in college hockey. And they've got you know, a great center in, in Paling. Uh, hopefully he sticks around for a while because he's a fun college hockey player to watch. He is. That whole family's pretty good. So... Um... You know, as for the pre, oh, go ahead, Hammy. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, the one thing I would caution to a degree is that I don't know that they've really played the greatest schedule at this point. I mean, um, they've played a lot of home games. I mean, literally, I think they've played eight of their, you know, like what eleven games have been at home. So, I mean, that's obviously going to be beneficial to a team, and really, other than. Denver, I mean, I think BC is kind of down, even though they've kind of rebounded a little bit. Denver, to me, is the only really good team that they've played. I mean, Duluth has, you know, kind of been a little bit up and down, sporadic, you know, 500. They play us great, but they don't really play everybody else that great. So um, that's the one kind of caution I would say before you, start, as Denny Green would say, start crowning them. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think once their conference schedule starts up, it uh, it'll be a little different for uh, St. Cloud and or at least conference games on the road and whatnot. So, um, as for you know the rest of Pat Micheletti's question, you know he's asking when we're we going to have uh, Frank Mazzacco on. Um, um, I'm thinking we might have him on in January. He'll come on anytime. I'm guessing. So I'm not worried about Frank. Um, next week we got Todd Molesky from the Wisconsin State Journal is going to join us, and the following week. Um, before the OSU series, we're going to have Dan Kelly from the Big Ten Network on. And actually, that show we're going to be doing earlier in the evening um, to accommodate for Dan because he needs to get his beauty rest. Um, so on uh, Wednesday the 6th, we'll be live at about 6 p.m. So just got to shuffle some things around to get Dan on the podcast. But uh, it sounds like he really wants to come on and join us for the podcast. So that's going to be great. Um, well, I don't know about, you know, you kind of cheap shotted Frank, you know. Oh, I'm not worried about Frank. I mean, uh, you're just basically taking Frank for granted. I mean, the guy has been always so nice. To he us, is. And here you are. Now here you are dumping all over. Him. Well, well, you know, he's actually, probably not going to hear. He's probably not going to hear it, you know, but. Oh, he'll hear it. Uh, Pat, Pat or somebody tells him. No, he'll hear that's, it. That's kind of a cheap shot. No, it's, it's not a cheap shot at all. I actually thought about uh, having him on the show tonight, but then I'm like, oh, it's, it's thanks for Thanksgiving. I don't want to bug, bug him. You know, we have Todd for next week for the Wisconsin, and then OSU wanted to do because it was a Big Ten Network games with, with Dan Kelly. And then we've got the whole month off until uh, St. Cloud in, uh, in January. So I think maybe we'll have Frank on in early January if, if he'll come on. You'll still come on, won't you, Frank? And really, what it, I don't know. <laughs> he, he may not know. I'm not so sure. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, but actually, what it comes back to is, you know, uh, uh, Pat's talking all this stuff here. How about Pat? How about you come on the podcast? Does he really want to sink to that level? Oh, I, I think he wants to. I think he's being prevented by certain powers above him at KFAN. They don't like him being on all these different things. At least that's what I was told last year. So, Pat, uh, why don't you go talk to your little friend over there, Chad Abbott, and 
tell them it's just a, a harmless podcast. We'd love to have you on. Well, I, I don't blame. I mean, you know, when you're a, the big money guy like Letty, <laughs> you know what I mean? You probably don't want to be. I'm surprised. You know, if he, he, we probably had to pay him to come on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's making that kind of big money, right? With you know, on all the radio and whatever else. So. Pat's a good guy. Um, you know, Vigo and I get to have some interaction with him at the games, and he, he's a good guy. And I think he'd come on if they, if he, if it wouldn't cause trouble. So, and, you know, and, and we've actually I've talked to to Wally Schaefer as well. And and even when I asked Wally Schaefer about it, um, Frank Masago didn't believe that uh, Wally's technical knowledge was good enough <laughs> to get him on Skype. So. <laughs> So Wally, so Wally well, that'd be kind of fun. To, it'd be fun to have him on. You know, we could hear some like oh, yes. heads or whatever. Oh yes. and, you know, take that. Or, you know, whatever. You know, all the sayings. You know, so whatever. <laughs> and and I'm thinking actually maybe we should get both him and Frank on at the same time and then just have a hoot. Because I, I don't know, we probably wouldn't even get a word, in, would we? <laughs> and that's just fine. Okay, well, let's get to this week, guys. Um, V's, we are headed to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is number one in the conference, 4-0. and You know, they've played two less games in Minnesota, but uh, they have come out really strong so far. And this is going to be a tough road weekend. Um, I think one of those weekends that I think the Don would be happy with a split on the road against a Notre Dame team. Well, I think the Gophers' perspective coming in this weekend is definitely to get points out of Compton Family Arena. Uh Notre Dame's had a great start. They're a tough team to play against. Kind of like St. Cloud, we don't know exactly how good they are. They had a, a series with Denver uh, where they tied and lost. Other than that, their schedule hasn't really been that challenging. You know, they played Ohio State and Penn State in conference and got sweeps in both those games, but they haven't played their lockdown defense like they've done in the past, you know, where they let, you know, 25 shots on goal be the norm you know they've crept in the mid 30s which is unusual for them uh they returned five defensemen uh, so they're a veteran group back there uh jordan gross a local kid has done very well for them he's getting a lot of shots on net they rely on him for a lot of offense and zone they're one of those teams that relies on all five of their players to create offense in the zone uh, they're not really a big rush team unless they get on the counter so that's something that the gophers need to be cautious about this weekend and they have very good special teams. Both their power play and penalty kill, uh, percentage-wise, are very good. And you know, I, I don't know if you heard this today at uh, you know at media availability, or maybe it was even on Saturday um, after the the Harvard game. But uh, do any of these players uh, are they angry at how the season ended last year against Notre Dame? I mean, Notre Dame ended their season; they were a four seed, and yeah, you know, Minnesota couldn't get through again. And, uh, I mean, what do you think there, Beeks? Well, Tyler Sheehy definitely remembers still hearing his clip today. You know, there's two mental errors that cost him that went right to goals, and he could remember those plays very clearly in his mind. And it's a good reminder that when you're playing Notre Dame, they're not going to get a lot of scoring opportunities, but they have the talent to capitalize when you give them chances. And in that regional game, that's what they did. They just kind of had a mental breakdown on a couple plays, made some turnovers in the neutral zone, uh, didn't have good line changes, and Notre Dame capitalized, and it was game over. Well, I hope they bring some of that anger into this weekend series because they're going to need it. Um, uh, Notre Dame is an excellent addition to the team. If you <laughs> so, But I think we lost Hammy there. Hammy, are you still there? Yeah, we lost Hammy. What a shame. Not sure what happened to him here, but uh, I'll try to add him back in here. We'll see if he's um, – oh, he's offline. Yep. Oh, there he is. We lost you for a second there, Hammy. Yeah, I know. I'm back. <laughs> You're back. Um, well, I was just going to say that, you know, Notre Dame has been a very good addition to the Big Ten, at least for, you know, quality team-wise and, and whatnot. And, and they've started off so well, Hammy. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, how this weekend's going to be? Well, I mean, I think obviously, given how Notre Dame has been pretty good, that you at a minimum want to go on there and split. Uh, I think you know, especially being uh, you know those guys, like it's kind of like Vig said. I mean, they've played some good teams. Um, other other teams, you know, are kind of a question mark yet, uh, but we know that they're a good team and we know that they've had some success in recent years. And, 
so it, it, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, if this last series with Harvard will kind of uh, spur the Gophers forward and create a little bit more confidence in them heading into a, you know, a difficult road environment, road series. And, um, but I, I would think that the uh, objective for this weekend would be at a minimum to get uh, a split. Well, Viggs, you know, Notre Dame did lose some some pretty good players off last year's team that went to the Frozen Four and defeated Minnesota, ended their season. I mean, they've had a great goalie and had, uh, what is it, Andrews Bjork up front. And um, this was a good team, but uh, they're still really good this year. They're the fourth-ranked team right now. They're the highest-ranked Big Ten team in the, in the country right now. So it, it's not going to be an easy task. Well, I think the big thing for them is, you know, they play a strong structured game so if you don't play disciplined you're going to be in trouble um but the other thing they do is they play a heavy game you know they're they're going to run the clock down you they're going to make it difficult they're not going to give you anything on the rush and that's going to be something this gopher team's going to have to play against uh casey mills that talked about that today that you know they're not probably going to get a lot done on the rush and power plays aren't going to be easy for them so they're going to have to get their ground game going like they did against harvard getting pucks deep and kind of waiting for that right play while they maintain possession. Um, so often earlier this season, we've seen them get in the offensive zone, rush to make a play that's not there, and then have to chase the puck back in their own zone. I think it's going to be really important for them to protect the puck, even against the bigger bodies that Notre Dame's going to throw at them. One of the fun things this week on the coaches show is Scott Bell hopped on uh, for Don Lucia because they had a, a big uh, recruit in on Tuesday and so uh, Don was busy with that, so they had Scott Bell uh, on the show, and he was basically making a recruiting pitch against Notre Dame during the show, <laughs> talking about how if you're a defensive forward, Notre Dame's a great place for you to go, but if you want to get up and down the ice and score goals, Minnesota is the place to light the lamp. So it's a great listen if you want to tune back into that and listen to Scott Bell uh, promote the program. And just check out Vigo's Twitter feed for that because he retweeted that link to the to the coaches show that happened on Monday, uh, just earlier today, I believe, didn't you? Yep. There we go. Scott, okay. Scott Bell's a fun addition to the program. He is. I, I kind of, in, I've enjoyed him so far and he follows GPL on, on Twitter. So he, he retweets some of our things. So we appreciate that Scott. Um, cause we know it's actually him on the account. I'm not so sure with, uh, with, uh, with the old Don, I don't think Don actually has Twitter on his phone, but that's just my yeah, personal I don't think opinion. He, has he ever retweet, retweeted GPL anyway? Well, I don't think the Don doesn't follow us. Right, exactly. We're so. too, we're probably too critical and just not professional. Hey, uh, Tony Newell in the Mixler chat is wondering: Do we know who the recruit was who was uh, in town this weekend or this week? Do we know, Hammy? I'm sworn to secrecy. Uh, I actually, I actually do not know. I haven't uh, been, I have been off of work this entire week, and I am not doing jack squat other than just enjoying myself. So I've been kind of out of the loop. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, all right, guys, let's get to some predictions here. Um, I'm thinking a split. I'm not going to go with the old sweep like I, I usually do. Uh, I'd like to see it. Uh, a win Friday night and, a, and probably a loss Saturday night. And uh, that's that's what I think. What do you think, Viggs? How, how's the team going to do this weekend? I think we're going to see a split as well. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be a tough team to, to get a sweep out of. Uh, I think you're right on looking at Saturday as the night that they get their win. Uh, one of the interesting things Lucia has talked about is that, you know, this first part of the season, they haven't had a single bye week yet. Whereas the last couple of years, it's always been like, okay, let's let's get going. You know, they have so many bye weeks early in the season. This year, they don't. Part of that's because they're restructuring the Big Ten tournament. But on Saturdays, they haven't been doing a pregame skate in the morning. Um, and he said, you know, they've looked the best on Saturday night. So I think that's the night to look for a win. Okay. Well, there you go. Hammy, thoughts? I actually believe that if we're going to win, it's going to be Friday night. Okay. Um, I'm looking at, you know, two of the their three losses were in the first game of a series. Um, so I just, uh, I would be more likely to believe in the Friday night scenario. Um, but uh, we'll see. I do expect it to be a split. Um, hopefully, um, we'll see, like we saw this last weekend, especially on Saturday, just a, a very consistent effort. Uh, obviously, you'd want more goals than two on like we saw on Saturday, but um, 
I think that, uh, you know, if we get it up and down the ice, I think we have more of that kind of attacking style uh, than what we're probably going to be seeing out of Notre Dame. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, kind of press the play and uh, forecheck hard and get some uh, some goals and get some uh, special teams opportunities and hopefully connect on those as well. Well, it sounds like we're going to have a, a good old split this weekend, guys. I mean, Lucci has always said, you know, sweep at home split on the road um and uh i think that w- that would be a good thing um don't forget the uh, friday night's game is on the nbc sports network um uh saturday's game is not televised but you can if you if you have the N- nbc sports app you can you can sweep you can watch it on there if you want um Oh my God! Is the world gonna end? It's <laughs> not on Saturday. Is oh. GPL gonna melt down? They always do. Oh my God! Yeah, I but believe. You know it. what? The good thing will be is that maybe people will still be, you know, they'll kind of be tired from Thanksgiving, so maybe they won't whine as loud on Saturday. <laughs> nope you're you're only thankful on Thursday, and then you can go back to being cynical the rest of the year, Hammy. Just bitterness. Everybody's. <laughs> Bitter. Oh, they are. No yeah. TV. Bitter. No. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Hammy. I don't. You know, uh, I know. I, I don't whine about that stuff. I, I I'm get, just like. And, and, and I think you know. I think I saw something on the university site that one. I think the, one of the games is a little conflicted with a Gopher basketball. So streaming, you might have to go to. I think it said one hundred two five or some some weird things this weekend. So I'm not sure where exactly the audio stream is going to be. Oh my God! We're I not know. Even going to be on regular radio, <laughs> our regular station, and we're not on TV. Oh, I so it's on one o- Somebody make sure that people from GPL, like some of them, are not on the ledge. <laughs> so it's going to be on one o two five for the full game, and it'll be on one o three five after basketball. So they'll be on two radio stations on for the end of the game on Saturday. There you go, folks. Quit your bitching. Oh, I think one of the nice things about this weekend is Notre Dame does play on that hybrid size ice sheet, so it's a nicer adjustment for Minnesota. It's 90 feet wide instead of the NHL 85, so it's a little bit more width. So less of an adjustment for the Gophers this weekend as well. And the boards are beautiful with no advertising on them. Love it. It's lovely. It is. I really lovely like it. rink. It is. It's it's a nice little rink. That's not a huge rink. It's a it's a it's a beautiful rink and like and it is a little odd that they you know, it is new and they have the benches on opposite sides, but that does make it unique. And boy, the the clean boards with just Notre Dame and Fighting Irish on it, I think is very clean and I think very classy. So uh, I, would, I, I would, like having the the teams across the rink from each other. I like having the penalty box on one side and okay, you know, it's kind of kind of fun. Gopher State's going to be there covering the game, so they'll there'll be some Minnesota media making the trip. Do you think do you think Don will be wearing a Notre Dame T-shirt under his suit? <laughs> I don't think so. I really hope you not. know, I mean, because people might get upset about that. You know, I know that I ripped on him the one time, but you know that was different. But I mean, just saying, you know, maybe he might have a Notre Dame T-shirt, or maybe he has Notre Dame boxers. I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't. Well, think he that... he did say he's going to go light a candle in the grotto, so maybe he'll be saying a prayer for for a split. <laughs> um, you are made media availability today. Uh, uh, who are we going to hear, and what are we going to hear, Viggs? Uh, you'll hear Casey Middlestad talk, talk about the picture that his mom tweeted this morning of him and his Gopher jersey at age four or five. Um, you'll hear from Tyler Sheehy. Um, talk a little bit about the success he's having coming off of his injury and kind of hitting his stride now. Um, and then, you know, he'll talk a little bit about the the regional last year kind of sticking in his brain. And then you'll hear Don open a, that he's very happy with his contract and health insurance at the moment. And that was all he wanted to say. And then he'll talk about, you know, the way they played against Harvard, um, a little bit about Brent Gates Jr., uh, the power play, and then going back to Notre Dame. Well, there you go. Well, remember, as always, we add that to the end of the podcast if you're listening to the download version. And uh, any other final thoughts, Viggs? 
Nope. Look for a good weekend and uh, get excited for Wisconsin the, the following weekend. Well, I'm looking Should be a good stretch of hockey here before the break. It is a good stretch. Cammy, any final thoughts for you? No, uh, just looking forward to hopefully another solid weekend of hockey and, uh, you know, at least one win. So we have something good to uh, talk about next week. I'm with you there. Um, we'll be back next week and uh, to recap the series at Notre Dame and preview the series with Wisconsin. Everyone have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Don't drink and drive. Behave yourself. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. contract so <laughs> just leave it at that and the checks aren't bouncing checks are not bouncing okay. they have good medical so life is good a lot to be thankful for that's good uh look what looking at notre dame and what they've done and their team you know playing them last few years I, I think they're the most complete team we've seen so far this year uh whether it's their goalie save percentage whether it's their power play percentage penalty kill percentage um they're they're back end is extremely good uh, starting with Jordan Gross and the, the guys really can get up into play from an offensive standpoint that's something we're going to be really uh, aware of uh, they're very involved in the offense they can shoot the puck I think they have you know, close to 40 points in the back end um, through 14 games um, Evans is having a, a great year up front um, they're, they're, they're a veteran team um, they've played in the Frozen Four a year ago for a reason they're a heavy team uh, not easy to play against so we're going to I said I, I think they're the most complete team we've seen this year. You don't have to remind your team too much about uh, what they can do, given how last season ended. Pardon? So you don't have to remind your team about what they no, can do? No, I mean, I think I don't even think about it, to be honest. I mean, it's a whole new year, and um, other than one team, somebody's going to end your season. And, you know, the focus is on, you know, they're off to a good start in the Big Ten. They're 4-0. Uh, they're, it's not an easy place to play. Um, and uh, we, we have to go there and get some points this weekend. Where they they'll really they have an opportunity to really put themselves in the driver's seat. They play such a different style than Harvard did. Is that a, a change for your guys to adjust so quickly? Yes and no. I mean, they they, they all get up into the play offensively. Uh, they can push the pace. Um, uh, they're not going to get themselves out of position very very often. And they they got some big strong guys. So uh, they got some skill guys, and they got some big strong guys that are hard to play against. Um, their freshman goalies come in and done a really nice job for them. But again, when you have five veteran defensemen returning um, that are good and, and versatile and they can skate, it just it makes it hard. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of chances. Uh, you have to be content to play a patient game and you know try to win a three-two game. Seeing those goals against Harvard on Saturday, those kind of the recipes for this weekend as well. And still well, seeing those goals, and, yeah, yeah, there was only two. So. <laughs> um, I, I, you have to have timely scoring. Uh, I like the fact that uh, we we were played a little bit uh, desperate there to try to get the tie tying goal in the third period, and I think we had that stretch of eleven straight shots on goal before we finally tr- did score. Uh, I, I thought our defense would move the puck better uh, on Saturday and got us get it up to the forwards quickly. I think that's important. Um, that we had more shifts below the goal line, which which is important as well, and we finally were able to you know get that breakthrough first goal and then I felt like you know we'd get another one if we could get just get the one but you know we've, we've played good teams I mean I, I think that's helped us you know with our strength of schedule up till now and uh, I think it helps prepare us for a very good opponent in Notre Dame but Notre Dame's not going to beat themselves and uh, that's one thing they do very well is they, they, they make you beat them and uh, that's something that we have to be aware of and you know can't go on the road and shorten the rink up like we did against Michigan against them, and or you know we'll be chasing their defensemen up the rink all night long. Saturday, you said that uh, you thought your strongest suit was uh, pace of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that translate now? A going on the road and then and B going on the road into a smaller rink. Can you keep? Well, it's a it's a hybrid rink. Uh, it's 90 wide, you know, so it's five feet a little bit, five, which I you know, I think is probably the perfect size and. Um, Moving the puck quickly, not massaging it and stick handling it eight times before you move it. I think that's important. A good retrieval, a good first touch, a good first pass. That, that's what allows you to play fast. 
and uh, and then not turning pucks over in bad areas. That, that's what you pay. A game of hockey is a game of transition, offense and defense, defense and offense, and how quickly you can do both uh, goes a long way in who's going to dictate the, the tempo and pace of the game. What has uh, Gates really changed in his game to, to I guess, get, get on the board more than the last Well, I mean, he's, he's, I think, strength, age, maturity. I mean, he's still just turned 20 years old where, I mean, you've got a lot of freshmen in college hockey that are older than he is as a junior. And he came in as one of the youngest players in college hockey, just turning 18 in September. And uh, so he just, some of these guys just need time in the weight room. And it doesn't happen overnight. And he's went, worked with a skating coach this summer and improved that. He's got really good hands. He thinks the game really well. And when he's playing his best is when he adds that physical element of it. Uh, and that's not there completely, game in and game out. But that'll be something that will be more consistent as he continues to work in the weight room and get stronger because that's the type of player that he has to be, somebody with a good stick uh, that can uh, protect the puck down low and start to win those one-on-one battles for pucks. Do you think Tommy really helps him out in that respect, getting being able to get him the puck? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why you know we put him there is that uh, you know, Tommy's a good passer. It's probably as good a passer as we have on our team, and you know he's a, probably a pass-first, shoot-second guy. Um, that line's played, you know, since we put them together, they've, they've played pretty well together. So just trying to figure out the right combinations, whether it's five-on-five five or on the power play about who should fit with who. And that, you know, we've probably moved our guys around a lot more in-game than we ever have before, especially when we were with 11 forwards. And, and I, I do kind of like the, the way that when we start to do that in a game that our top guys get more ice and you do get a chance to mix and match your guys with different sets of players. And I think that can be good, too, that you know, they bring a different element to a line. So we'll, we'll probably continue to do that a little bit. That power play group that finished the game against Harvard, is that a unit you like keeping uh, together, and we, what do they do well? Well, I mean, the most important thing with our power plays moving forward is we've we got to shoot the puck more. We're not, we're not uh, you know, just our John Hamry or... Director Bobsy just did a thing for us about how many shots we're getting on a power play, and we're not we're not getting enough. I mean, we're averaging a little over one shot on a power play, that's that's not enough. I, sometimes I think we want to make an extra pass rather than having a shot mentality. And uh, still, when you deliver pucks to the net, you score off rebounds. You one being able to one time a puck, and then. Even if you don't score and the puck goes to the corner, I mean, now it's a retrieval game, puck recovery game, and, and now it's a scrambled situation, and, you know, you can get people out of their, their structure. And Notre Dame, their penalty kill is really good. They're 90%. You know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, you look at some of the teams you've played with, like North Dakota and Clarkson and Harvard. And North, I mean, their penalty kill is 85 90% and with really good goaltending. And so we have to do a better job of trying to get two or three shots on every power play. We've had too many power plays this year with zero or one shot. Not having a week off in the first half, that's supposed to normally having a couple. Have you had to kind of adjust your uh, your practice schedule? And just... Yeah, what we've tried to do is, is the how long we've practiced. Um, you know, coming back from Michigan, we didn't practice on Monday, so that that probably came at a good time. Uh, even this, when we're We've been at the small rinks, and we're, when we're at Ritter, we we only have the ice for so long, and uh, that's probably a good thing too. That you know, basically, we have the ice for 75 minutes. That's it, because of class schedule and the women going on. So that limits us from all of a sudden you're going to be an hour and 45 minute practice. And so when you're keeping it short, I think that's important as well. Is that kind of been something that's been in the back of your mind? It's yes, very much so. The, very much so. The first half is that uh, trying to monitor mm-hmm. um, how we are on a weekend and. and you know, for the most part, we've had good legs every night. And, you know, you could certainly make the argument that we've had better legs on Saturday than what we've had on Friday. Um, so that's good. Saturdays, we never skate on uh, uh, home or away. We haven't skated on game day. We do on Friday, but not Saturday. Um, and, again, another thought of, you know, usually in the past, the first half, we have skated on mm-hmm. Saturdays. But this year, we, we haven't from day one. And uh, maybe that was because the Union game was an early game on Saturday up in Duluth. And just kind of been in that rhythm of just – getting a good stretch in on Saturday and just one last time you got to put on the equipment to go on the ice. Going back to Notre Dame, what does it kind of mean to you? 
Well, it's always it's always fun to go back. Um, you know, for me, you know, you spend some time around campus and go for a walk around the lakes or light a candle at the grotto, and you know, those things were were, were important to me in, in my time there. So there's a few times you got to say a few prayers to get through a final exam, and it worked. I graduated, so that, that that's a good thing. But uh, you know, it, it shapes you I mean, no matter where you go to college. I mean, that four years is a, a time from 18 to 22, and I'm grateful and, uh, for the opportunity that I had. Um, very, very uh, got a chance to play for a tremendous coach and lefty and just a great person and you know it's still for me it's now to go back and not have him there it, uh, it's it's a little bit sad for me to go back and not you know see lefty and have a chance to yuck it up with him a little bit and uh, because he just he was such a good person and, and a, a great ambassador for the game and um, you know in many ways a father figure away from home guys and just um, a great team so far this year so uh, we got to be ready to go when we get down there how do you think uh, your line's playing specifically uh, I want to talk a little bit about Brent Gates what what does he really bring to the line and uh, I guess sort of your guys is both uh, Brent likes to score I mean he, he gets to gets the puck on his stick he shoots it just like a little bit like you what, what yeah. do you think that the chemistry on that line is like yeah for sure I think um, Gatesy and, and and I are both kind of shooters and Tom can uh, he's a really good passer, so it kind of works out. And um, you know, it's kind of been clicking the last few weekends. Um, maybe you know, down low. And I think just being older guys, kind of have been able to understand uh, you know what the coaches are looking for as far as forecheck and um, you know defensive zone. So I think when that all starts clicking together, you know, you can put together some pretty good shifts. And I think uh, overall, that's kind of what we've been doing. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Gacy's had. Uh, you know, some goals this year, and you know, in the past, he's he's kind of been known as a goal scorer. He's got a great shot. So, uh, as long as we can get him in a spot to uh, to to shoot and um, get him the puck, I think it's going to have a good chance going in. Yeah, I heard he's really competitive. Did you, did you see it? Did you see it when the, the goals, I guess, weren't coming so easy at the start of the year that, that he was a little, maybe a little frustrated with some some of the performance? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely a competitive guy, and you know, you just got to get in an argument with him one time to understand that. Um, he always wants to win the argument, or you know, on the ice, he wants to win the little battle. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's a guy who gets like really frustrated or anything like that. But he's he's competitive enough to, to you know want to score a bunch of goals and you know overall uh, help the team out. So uh, if he's scoring, um, there's a good chance that you know we're gonna have success. Your line's clicking pretty good. Is Tommy feeling more comfortable now, coming off the injury? Uh, I think so. You know, I, I've always thought Tommy has a ton, a ton of confidence, and um, you know, as long as you get him the puck, I think good things are gonna happen. Uh, you know, I think the coaches have a ton of confidence in him um, handling the puck and making plays. And I think he's one of those guys who, who can make a few mistakes. But you know, at the end of the day, he's gonna he's gonna have more good plays than mistakes. So um, yeah, as long as he's uh, you know got the puck on his stick, he's gonna have um, a ton of success. And you know, it's gonna help our line out as a whole. Well, you're going along pretty good right now too. Were you, were you feeling frustrated earlier on when they weren't going in? Yeah, a little bit. Just um, you know, I coming off kind of a uh, you know a career high for me and uh, you know it kind of brings frustration when they're not we're not we're not uh, following up the next year with the same you know this you know as many goals or, or little things like that um, but you know you just got to stay level-headed and um, overall I, I just I just try to work at the little things and and um, you know I tried to help you know the, the team just as a whole and um, so yeah kind of getting back to moving my feet a little bit more the coaches kind of harped on that a little bit and um, I think I've been playing better the last couple weekends. Looks like your power play group's finding some more consistency, getting scoring chances, and you're back in that off-wing circle. What's clicking so well for you guys there? Um, I would say we, we've kind of, you know, it's something we've really stressed on. You know, and every year we've kind of made that, a, you know, a really big point that our power play has to be good. We have to get a goal every night on the power play. Um, we have to win the specialty team. So um, at the beginning of the year, it really wasn't clicking, and, and we understood that that was something we had to get better at. So... Um, you know, these last few last few weeks, we've really been, um, you know, putting that into practice. You know, a few times, uh, a few times every practice, we're working on the power play. So, as long as we get those reps and and the pucks moving around, I think we're going to have success. What are the keys working with Rem and Casey down low on the power play? Uh, I think for me, just kind of get them the puck and kind of watch what they're doing. Try to get open. Uh, they're both they both have a ton of skill and they can find lanes. They can shoot. Um, and they can, you know, make plays in tight areas. So as long as I'm getting open for them and, and finding those seams, I think they're, they're going to find me or they're going to shoot. And, um, you know, either one, uh, they're unbelievable players. So 
uh, as long as as long as they have the puck on their sticks and you know, the rest of the guys are getting open, our power play I think is going to be uh, pretty good. Is that kind of what happened in that overtime <laughs> period? You just got lost. Yeah, actually, uh, I kind of made a bad pass to Casey. It, it hopped over his stick, and then uh, he ended up him and Rem ended up winning the battle and kind of spit out to, to Gatesy there, and he made a great pass finding me. And I think I just kind of found a seam, and they kind of lost me. So um, pretty lucky, I guess. Notre Dame's a little bit different style than the Harvard weekend. What's the challenge for you guys? They, they play so structured and, and defensively backing up. Yeah, uh, like you said, really structured as a team. And it's kind of, you know, we try to play a fast up-and-down game, and if we start turning the pucks over or uh, trying to make plays at the blue line and we're, you know, giving them opportunities to go down on the rush, they're probably going to capitalize on those opportunities just because they're so structured and, um, you know, they might not get that many chances, um, you know, up and down the ice. But if if they if they shut us down defensively, they're they're gonna you know they're gonna take their chances as much as they can. So uh, we can't be we can't be making mental errors or um, or breakdowns. But um, I think overall, if, if we if we uh, play simple and just kind of stick to our game, we'll be all right. Do you look back to that game in the regional last year for lessons about how to stick through to a patient yeah. game rather than force it? Yeah, I think so a little bit. I think. Uh, you know, I, I just remember two goals specifically where our mental errors, you know, they scored on them. So, um, yeah, going into this weekend, you got to think about that, that, you know, we just talked, their, their structure is really good and um, they're going to capitalize on our mental errors. So we can't be doing that. And, um, you know, not so much thinking about, uh, uh, you know, learning points, but uh, just kind of um, not so much regrets, but just opportunities missed. Um, that you know maybe we could have went we could have went a little further last year but yeah so that one that one really stinks that uh, we we gave them a couple goals. So they kind of change with them being in the conference now of playing them. Um, I don't think so. I think it's good that they're in the conference. It adds uh, um, you know a strong team to our conference overall, and um, you know I don't really see it as as any difference. Uh, um, you know playing them non-conference or in conference. So. Um, you know, it's going to be a real fun weekend. They have a nice, nice uh, campus, great facilities, and um, you know, hopefully, it's it's uh, packed, even though it's Thanksgiving. So we'll see. You guys, have any special plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, not me, no. Uh, my parents usually go to Wisconsin for for uh, the holiday, so I don't know what guys are going to be doing around here. Um, hopefully, we get a nice meal here. Maybe maybe some turkey. We don't. I don't know. We'll see, but. Um, no, just uh, get on the plane tomorrow and head to South Bend for a couple wins. So I saw a photo of you on Twitter today when you were a little kid. With your <laughs> mom, did you send her a little thank you text today for that going up? Yeah, I actually stayed at home last night. I didn't have class today, so I went home and had dinner with them for my birthday last night. So uh, I got to see them last night, which is good, and uh, catch up. And obviously, it was a cool photo and uh, fun to see. How old were you? Do you think when that was taken? Man, I don't. I got so many pictures like that in Gopher jerseys. I think I don't even know. I was probably four or five. Not pretty young kid. So it was kind of fun to have look back at those, and now you're playing. Oh yeah, Gophers. yeah, definitely. I think it makes it it makes it pretty cool, and obviously it shows that it's been a dream of mine since I was really young. So it was definitely a very cool picture. Uh, if we go back to Saturday, uh, tell us uh, how fun it was to celebrate your first big overtime victory. Was it was that a cool selling for you guys? Oh yeah, that was that was unreal. Obviously, uh, the place was the place was loud, and the fans were going. I think that helps a lot. I think we were a little snake bit throughout the game, and then um, finally get one. And then the, the second one usually comes pretty quick. So for us, that, that was huge, and that was probably my favorite one so far this year. How open was Tyler? Uh, he was he was wide open. I don't think there was anyone within twenty feet of him. So uh, it was perfect. And if you give it to him there, he's going to score every time. So and you weren't worried about missing him. I think Gates passed it to him, to be honest. I Oops. don't think it was me, but, yeah, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. I don't think Gates will miss him either, so it doesn't matter either way. That power play group is starting to find some consistency, generating scoring chances. What What are you guys doing well when you're having success? I think the big thing for us is not trying to get too cute. I think there's times to make plays, and there's times that you got to shoot the puck, and uh, usually if you shoot the puck early, it'll open up plays later in the power play. So for us, it's shooting early and then uh, using their skills and vision after that, and, uh, try to find a guy and make a play and score a goal. Looks like you and Rem are very comfortable switching spots on that unit. What what goes into that? 
Um, I think just for us, it's just consistency and knowing where each other is going to be when another person has the puck. I think uh, we're pretty interchangeable over there on the wall. I, I don't think there's too much of a difference if I'm up higher, I'm down low. So um, wherever I go, Ram usually finds me and vice versa. So I'm just trying to keep making plays with them. What's your overall comfort level now, two months into your college career? Yeah, I think I'm comfortable out there completely. I, obviously, there's some things that I still need to get better on early in my career, but um, I'm comfortable out there. I'm comfortable with the puck. I'm comfortable making plays. So for me, I, I think I'm I think I'm ready and I'm, I'm good to go. Gates had a lot of shots this weekend. Is that kind of a poster boy for put the puck on net? Yeah, I think obviously Gator's going and uh, he's got a great shot. Pretty de- pretty deceptive release. I think all the guys always talk about it. It's kind of weird, but it goes in more times than not. So. Um, he's been making plays, and their line's been playing really well together, and it's good to see. About Notre Dame, you know, you're, you know, you're facing team after team that you haven't seen before. What are your thoughts about going against them uh, this weekend? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're, I think they're ranked four or whatever it is, so they're going to be a really good team, especially going into their, their rank, and we're going to have to be ready to go. Um, from all we've heard from the coaches, they're going to be heavy on pucks and play with some skill and some pace. So for us, it, it's going to be good to try to match their pace, match their intensity, and make some plays. Scott Bell said this week that Notre Dame plays a real structured, defensive, layered approach. How does that change your guys' perspective on the game? Um, I think the big thing for us against the defensive approach is just making sure we're getting pucks behind their D and trying to make plays that way. I think uh, it's not always going to be a pretty play in the rush. We're going to have to get pucks in behind them and uh, get our ground game going a lot like we did on Saturday. So uh, for us, it's not going to be too different. We're going to play our game, and uh, usually if we, if we do that well, we'll come up with a win.